You're watching the community MMA. What up, what up? This your boy Chris Cross checking in. And I'm glad to bring the show to you today because there's a lot to talk about, man. Some breaking news last night. And it's crazy. I had a whole show planned. You know, and then they got to break some news at midnight on the East Coast here. And uh, the whole show is upside down now, but for the better, because you got three big fights announced, but really two we care about. I mean, as a community, just to be honest, and it's the light heavyweight title fight at UFC 295, and then the welterweight title fight at UFC 296. And without looking, I'm pretty sure this is in December and January. So for the light heavyweight, you got Yuri versus Alex Pereira. Yuri Prohaska makes a return against Alex Pereira. And then in the welterweight, it's like we've just been waiting on it. Leon versus Colby. Leon Edwards versus Colby Covington. And both of these fights are going to be ridiculous. I mean, I literally cannot wait to watch both of these fights. Because when you get right down to it, these guys are up there on the do list. Make no mistake about it. Yuri's number four. And basically, you can color in all those names in the top five. So it's going to be a good uh, finish to the year and the start of next year. Because then you got number eight, Colby Covington, versus number 10, Leon Edwards. And the only reason they're eight and 10 is because I'm just waiting for this fight to play out. Both of those guys are top five caliber guys. So one of those guys is going into the top five, and the loser of Mahacha versus Oliveira is going to fall hard on the dude list, probably down to eight, nine, or ten. Colby was number three or four for a while, but it just really came down to the fact that he wasn't fighting. I mean, eventually he got a slide. I mean, McGregor was number one, number two for a long time, but he's never fighting. So you got problems there. How, how do you keep a guy up on the dude list if they're not fighting? So that, that's how that goes. So these next few months are going to tell me a lot and really start to solidify uh, my top fighters. Hamza, John Jones, all these guys are, are fighting, man. Islam and Oliveira. I mean, it's just going to be ridiculous these next few months. So we're going to get into these two fights. And there's another big topic with the uh, UFC WWE merger we got to get into. So stay tuned for that. But let's first start at UFC 295. With Yuri Prohaska versus Alex Pereira. Here's the breakdown and prediction. In the light heavyweight division for the light heavyweight division title. You got the return of Yuri Prohaska. He comes in at 29-3. and three, Taking on Alex Pereira who comes in at 8-2. and two. And this is for the vacant belt. Right? Just a quick recap. Yuri Prohaska had the belt. He relinquished it. Jamal Hill got it. He also vacated the belt. And now Pereira and Prohaska are going to fight for the vacant belt. Now, Yuri, believe it or not, one inch shorter than Alex Pereira at 6'3". He's 30. Pereira, uh, 36 years old. Yuri has a one-inch reach advantage, 80 to 79. Both guys stand right-handed. Yuri, more active, 5.8 significant strikes per minute uh, versus 5.1 for Pereira. But that could be tested here because Pereira is going to continue 
to stalk Yuri uh, all over the octagon, continue pressing forward, and we'll see if Yuri can keep up the pace with that going on. And neither guy really wants the fight to go to the ground. Both guys are going to want to keep this fight standing. Now, as we dig a little bit deeper, Yuri's 68% takedown defense. He's coming off a win over Clover Teixeira where he uh, submitted him by rear in the fifth round. Led 120 to 111 in significant strikes, but he gave up five takedowns. So we'll put ahead and be looking at that. He also beat Dominic Reyes and Vulcan Oez Demir. On the other hand, Alex Pereira has a 70% takedown defense. And yes, he's new to the UFC, but he actually has more UFC fights than Yuri. He's got six of them now, and he's 5-1, and one, most recently beating Jan Blahovich by split decision. He lost to Adesanya and beat Adesanya, so he's 1-1 one one against him. That's a middleweight, everything prior to his middleweight, right? Sean Strickland win, Bruno Silva, Andreas Michalidis. So the Jan Blahovich win is the only thing we got to go off of. And he led 70-52 to 52 in significant strikes, gave up three takedowns. So both of these guys give up takedowns, uh, but they want to stand and strike. And you see, even for a guy like Jan Blahovich, the numbers come way down against Pereira. That's going to be the whole question mark of this fight is can Yuri keep up the pace? When you ask yourself how this fight's going to play out, can Yuri keep up the pace that he's used to or not? And guys like Pereira, uh, just like Sean Strickland too, can cause problems with those numbers, which we heavily rely on. But you also got to look at the fact that it's a different pace from Pereira. He's going to have that lead leg up. He's going to keep you off balance. He's going to continue to press forward, and that's going to create problems. But listen, we got Yuri Prohaska on the dude list, even though he's been injured for a reason, right? He's up there in the top 10 for a reason because he's a bad dude and I don't care about the injury I don't care about none of that this guy's coming back for what is rightfully his he's not going to let let Alex Pereira gain the belt here so I like Yuri Prohaska just on sheer heart forget the numbers right he's going to find a way to win this thing and I think he's going to get the finish to be honest with you for his 30th professional win so forget the numbers in this one Yuri gets the finish he moves to 30 and 3 Pereira falls to just eight and three here in a light heavyweight division for the strap at UFC 295. Yeah, I mean, was there any question? Of course, I'm going with Yuri. I don't care about the injury. He's had a year to recover. He'll be fine. And Alex Pereira is a bad dude, especially at light heavyweight. This is not going to be an easy fight. But he hasn't seen the likes of Yuri. I mean, Yuri is a whole different animal. Adesanya starting to slide a little bit and still KO'd Alex Pereira. Yuri Pahazka is going to bring a whole different level of fighting to this thing. But the only question mark is the injury. There's no, you know, no question about it. That's the only question mark at a fight. If Yuri is Yuri, he wins this fight, no problem. And when I say no problem, it's going to be a, a tough fight. But he still wins it, no problem. You dig? Now, moving on, UFC 296, the main event, welterweight division title on the line. Here's a prediction and breakdown for Leon Edwards versus Colby Covington. In the welterweight division for the welterweight division title, this is the fight we've been waiting on. Leon Edwards comes in at 21-3, takes on Colby Covington, who comes in at 17-3. So we finally know that this title fight 
is going down. And I'm here to tell you this is Colby's best chance to take the title, even in the fights against Usman. He's got a better chance in this one. But does that mean he's going to win? Let's get into it. Colby, the contender, is three inches shorter at 5'11". He's 35 years old. Leon Edwards, 32. Covington's given up two inches in reach. Edwards fights southpaw. Covington fights right-handed. Colby lands 4.1 significant strikes per minute to 2.8 for Edwards. And here's where things get interesting. Colby also leads uh, in the takedown game. He has four over the course of three rounds on average. So that's more than one per round. Leon Edwards is lucky to get one every other round. So how does Leon win? He changes your pace when he fights against you. You can't maintain the same pace. that you, He brings your numbers way down. Long story short. Okay, and he did this against Usman, holding him to just 87 significant strikes in the last fight, majority decision win. And the one before that, he was getting beat in the numbers. Five takedowns to one, 83 to 55 uh, in significant strikes. He was trailing. And if you combine both fights, they're basically even in significant strikes, and he trailed nine to one in takedowns and still found a way to win both. And that's a tough part of Leon Edwards is he finds ways to win. He beat Nate Diaz by decision. No contest against Bilal. And before that, he ran off a bunch of wins. I mean, this guy hasn't lost since 2015. So think about trying to predict against him. Colby Covington, 72% takedown defense. Coming off a win against Jorge Masvidal. Lost to Usman. Beat Woodley. Lost to Usman. So despite this guy getting older, he is well rested. By no means is a, a tired fighter. He's only fought... What this will be, he's only fought three times in the last three years. Literally. He fought Woodley uh, September 19, 2020. By the time he gets in the octagon, it'll be three years and about three or four months later. And he's only had three fights. Really two if you don't count the Woodley, right? So he's two and two in his last four, losing both to Usman beating Masvidal and uh, Tyron Woodley. And with what Leon Edwards has done, how do you go against Leon Edwards? Well, it's real simple. Colby is going to dominate in activity. Leon Edwards can't help to slow the fight down by landing takedowns because Colby's really good at that. He's going to he's going to stifle Leon Edwards even better uh, than Usman did. Usman had the nine takedowns, but Colby's going to ride him. He's going to get him up against the fence. He's going to clinch him up. He's going to grind this thing out. Colby in this fight is going to be like a football team. It gets an early 14 nothing lead and just begins to run the ball and chew up the clock. And next thing you know, there's two minutes left in the fourth quarter and you can't get the ball from them. And you're like, what happened to this game? Well, they just drained it, played ball control. That's what Colby's going to do in this fight. He's going to drain the clock. He's going to get an early lead in the first two rounds. Then by the third, he's going to start the clinch and he's going to ride this thing out. And he's going to win three out of five rounds. To me, it's real simple for Colby. I think Colby wins this fight. In that regard, the numbers aren't really going to matter. It's just he's going to control the heck out of this fight, whether it's takedowns or in the clinch, to get the belt. He'll move to 18-3, and three, in my opinion. Leon Edwards' reign uh, will be over. And Colby Covington will be the new welterweight champion. Here at UFC 296. Yeah, and people are going to flip out when Colby Covington wins the belt. 
people are going to flip out because it's going to long overdue. Colby should already be the champion. I think he won the last Usman fight. Pull up that video. I said it right away. Three to two Colby in that fight. He ended up getting the loss. And then Usman falls to Edwards twice. Well, now Kobe's going to prove himself, and he's going to get the strap. It's just that simple. And believe me, we're going to be talking about this. I mean, the next three pay-per-view events are just ridiculous. So we're going to be talking about this fight. And I'll continue to explain to you in more and more detail as time gets closer as to why Kobe is going to dominate this fight. I'm going to double, triple, and further than that, down. <laughs> I'm going to double down and triple down on this prediction. Please believe it. Now, the UFC-WWE merger is going to have a major impact on sports marketing. And really, commercials and media and how the future of sports is going to play out. All of these things are on the table. Because right now, the advantage between these two is is overwhelming because it's a full year uh, sport. WWE, that's entertainment. And UFC as a sport, uh, sports business and entertainment is year round. No other sports year round. Baseball is pretty close. Basketball is pretty close. But the, the problem that's brewing right now for sports is cable TV is crashing. Right? Streaming is taking over. And you don't really know on any given night where your sports team is going to play. So if I'm a Miami Heat fan, where do I go to watch the game on any given night? Is it going to be on this streaming device, that streaming device? Is it going to be on TV? Well, I can't have all those. So someone's getting left out. And as more people leave cable, the price goes up until the market crashes. That's just the way it goes. But the UFC doing a deal with ESPN, I know where to go whenever I'm watching UFC. I know right where to go to watch it. It's on the same platform all the time. And maybe once a month you got to do the pay-per-view or whatever, but it's still in the same place. And I didn't really understand too much uh, or the understanding of how regional fan base is so important to a sports team and how the rights are sold and that's how players' contracts are paid a lot of times. And you see what happened to the San Diego Padres where their regional affiliate or whoever was holding their games ended up not being able to pay the, uh, what was it, the digital rights deal? And please fact check me on this because I'm probably making some mistakes in terms of the wording. But the bottom line is they couldn't pay the Padres and the MLB had to step in or else these players' contracts won't be paid. I mean, it's, it's hard to believe that that's the way it is. I mean, that's how quickly a whole franchise can go under. And with the collapse of cable TV, you got a major problem brewing in sports. But it won't be a problem for UFC and WWE, who hopefully they sign with ESPN. Because ESPN has done a phenomenal job. It's obviously the glue to their fan base on the ESPN Plus package. Because you know it's there every week. Then they can add in other things. They got golf. I think they got hockey. Uh, they're starting to add in some college football games. Not the big ones. But it'll get there. And you know right now it's still big. I mean that's what's holding cable TV together. Is the college football playoffs. And 
NBA playoffs and all these things. You got to have cable to watch. Which a lot of people were getting it underground anyway. Let's just be real. But you got to have cable TV to watch if you're the average uh, fan. And eventually that market's going to collapse. And then where are all these games going to go? How many will ESPN gobble up? UFC, WWE has got to be a first priority for ESPN+. Plus. I mean, it has to be. Because if they lock in this for another 5 to 10 years, then they can start picking off other sports franchises who are going to want their fan base to know where to go to watch games. Because right now, on any given... If, I mean, if you're a Yankees fan, where do you go to watch tonight's game? And then tomorrow night's game. It's in two different places, I guarantee it. It's on Apple one night. And it's on cable TV the next. And then the following night, it's on a different app. You just don't, I mean, it's it's getting to the point where uh, the market is already crashing. It's just a matter of time. As soon as the NFL, which is already there really, and college football start going to apps, it's over. It's a wrap. And it's going to be a quick crash for cable TV, which is really just trying to hold on. And a lot of things already went to streaming anyway. So when the crash comes... It's just going to be, you know, a quick turnover and trying to, it's going to be the Wild West for a year or two, but eventually it'll all sort itself out and it'll be good for us because right now it's very tough to watch your team play. If you're an NFL fan, NBA fan, MLB fan, you know, you don't necessarily want to buy the whole package for all teams. You just want your team, which I know you can get those too. But in the NFL, you got to buy the whole package, I believe. I don't think you can just get your team. I could be wrong about that, but, you know, this is the way it's heading. All these sports are going to streaming, and the UFC-WWE merger is going to pave the way forward. And the UFC is always out in front over the last five to ten years uh, in terms of where sports is going. It's like the UFC already knows the future, and everyone else is just trying to get caught up. And I love it because that's going to keep UFC at the top for a long time. That'll do it for today's show, man. I had to get to that. Had to get that off my chest. Big deal for sports marketing and all the other areas. Commercials, all that. Sports media, really. But for now, it's your boy Chris Cross. Hope you have a great day and God bless.